What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Kunai Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You'll discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me on my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, strategic partnerships, publicity, celebrity endorsements, and selling direct to consumers. So if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer packaged goods space, in fashion and apparel, business products, or any physical product niche, listen in because we have you covered. Join the fast track to physical product business success. This is the Physical Product Business Podcast. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Physical Product Business Podcast. And you know, this is a spin off of the 2x e commerce podcast because basically I had, I was doing lots of marketing as well as entrepreneurship on the 2x e commerce podcast. I've decided the Physical Product Business Podcast would be a podcast purely for entrepreneurs, people who really want to launch businesses around physical products and um, are looking for guidance from proven entrepreneurs and speaking of proven entrepreneurs i have with me kevin king he is going to bring out a lot of knowledge from his experience with amazon and how he does seven figures with absolutely no employees i'm not going to say too much but i just want to introduce you all to to kevin kevin welcome to the show great Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself and you know tell us why why you're here? You know what's brought you to to, to being an Amazon entrepreneur, please. Um, sure. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, so I've been doing e-commerce and direct response in the old days by mail. I've been uh, you know sending out direct mail and been doing e-commerce since I think my first store was 1996 um, we started selling online so I've, I've been doing it for quite a while with my own websites my own businesses and uh, I've always sold on Amazon uh, as a you know more as, as a hobby kind of for several years but then when this FBA uh, kind of selling method started blowing up uh, not too long ago I decided to give that a shot so I've been uh, I've been selling the FBA since about a year and a half now, um, where I'm doing the private label uh, and actually developing my own products from scratch, as well as finding stuff in China and the U.S. and repackage them in such a way or improving the product uh, and, and selling that. So I've got five brands uh, that I in five different categories uh, on Amazon right now. Okay, have you got a single store or have you split it across five different stores? Uh, I have everything under one account right now. So, every, but there's five different brands, five different brand registries uh, for for all those. Um, I probably it should have done it in five separate ones. It would make it easier to sell it down down the way if I wanted to spend one of those off and sell it. Uh, but I just didn't want any trouble with you know Amazon doesn't really like you having separate right. accounts and. Right. Uh, you know, you can get approval, uh, and they'll give you maybe a second one or third one if you get good reason. But I just I decided to lump them all in, and uh, I'll take my chances on what happens down the road. Fantastic. So, how are you doing revenue-wise on Amazon? Right this year, we'll do on Amazon about I'll probably hit one and a half to one point eight uh, million uh, on Amazon this year. Um, 
that's Amazon US only, and then I've I've got other channels that do additional. My my goal is to hit that, and that's with nine products. Uh, and two of those don't really do very well; don't really contribute much to the bottom line at all. Um, Ten dollars a day. Okay. Two no, I've got nine products, okay, nine SKUs. Okay. In the five, and I'm introducing additional ones. Okay. And one of the reasons I I did the five different brands when I launched because. Because I do have a background in this, and I've dealt with China and dealt with sourcing overseas, so none of that scares me. You know, a lot of people are afraid to wire five grand over to China. What's going to happen to their money? Um, so I've been doing that for a while, and so I decided to dive in, and I wanted to figure out what works and what doesn't. Doesn't because each category is slightly different, and there's different pieces and different ways to market it and stuff. So I've learned quite a bit. I'll probably be discontinuing one of those brands. Okay. Um, uh, and maybe two of them and focusing on three but I did that to spread my risk into you know if one goes down or one has an issue I'm, I'm still up and running with the others okay okay I want to talk about not many shows talk about this but I want to talk about capital um, lots of shows you know would focus on the successes and you know the marketing and, and all you know you're you're running so in one and a half years you've you, you pretty much managed to do over a million dollars in revenue from nine SKUs and five brands. What kind of capital got you fired up? What what cap, kind of capital did you put in at the start um, and up until now? How much of your money have you put into your Amazon FBA business? I mean, right now, one of the things, like you said, nobody ever really talks about the money. Everybody always paints paints the uh, sh the shiny object that look how much I'm making and you see screenshots out there and some guys making a million dollars a year and you're like damn that could be me but what you don't know is what's he putting in his pocket that's what the number says on online how many of those were promos how many of those because on Amazon those sales figures include full price for promos so this guy may be giving away a hundred a day just to sell ten or, or, or you know whatever it may be so I want to know it's not what not what you gross, it's what you put in your pocket. And that's what nobody really talks about and no, really, no one really opens up. You hear people say, I got 40%, 50% profit margins. I think most of those are bullshit. Um, I mean, occasionally you might hit something like that, but they're not factoring everything in. They're not factoring in their returns. They're not factoring in their advertising costs. They're not factoring in their warehousing and storage fees. They're just looking at it as a pure and simple cost of goods sold versus what they're, re they're selling it for. So when you get down to the nuts and bolts, in my experience and in dealing with a lot of other successful sellers, you're ranging between 15 and 30%, depending on the product. Net. Bottom line, net that you can put. In. Now, that's net. Then if you've got employees or you've got VAs or to pay yourself or rent for somewhere, whatever. So that's, what you, that's your contribution margin at the end of the day that you then can take everything and pay for everything else out of. So the, my most of my products are in the 20 to 25% range. Okay. So... To, to answer your initial question, what I, I did this a little differently when I started. Most people will go and find a product in China and stick their name on it and private label it and start with five or ten grand. I started with uh, a low six figures amount uh, in, in this, and one of the reasons it took that much is because I developed two products from scratch and two of my five brands rather than going over to China and saying here's you know an XYZ product let me look at the reviews and improve it uh, or bundle it differently or package it differently or whatever it may be uh, I did that on some of those but on these two I literally sketched them on a napkin or not on a napkin on a piece of paper hired designers on Upwork to do the CAD work it had the custom molding made and one of those products uh, had to do with uh, Apple computer stuff, and so it was a very expensive process where I had to order. Did you get Apple approval from it? 
I did not have any MFI on it, so I didn't have to actually get Apple approval. So it took a lot more money for to get that going. But that it, the return is also there. I mean, that product has made a lot of money. It's died off now. But wow. last Christmas, it was doing 15 to 20 grand a day last December, that okay. one product. Okay. Yeah, right. but I had to sink six figures in to develop it with molding costs being like 40 grand, prototypes, you know. So it was a high risk. Yeah. I would probably do it differently now. And if I was starting, I probably wouldn't. There's nothing wrong with, I have another product where I spent 8000 in molds, and that's a little bit more reasonable and spreads the risk. I probably wouldn't do it again where I'd spend that much up front. So I had a little bit to go into, but but that doesn't solve the problem. That gets you started. But if you have a successful product, I mean, you can just do the numbers. Let's say you, you, you have a, you're selling, you order 1,000 units, and you're making a 20% end of the day bottom line. Well, if those start to sell pretty well, before you sold out of those thousand, you got to get the next thousand in, Same. and so you got to. And depending on the product, if it's going to come by air or by sea, it can be anywhere from a month to three months to get those in. So you got to start spending money up front to get those in, and if you're trying to live off of this or take money out, it becomes almost impossible. Totally so impossible. if you're if you're making a twenty percent margin, it's going to take you. You got to flip that inventory five times before you can actually start using your profits to actually sustain it. Yeah. So, I mean, and so you got to, you know, so it takes some time. You absolutely know your stuff. That, that's so true. You can't take money from it. It's it's like a baby and you need to let it mature. You need five times over. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, that's that's on those margins. I mean, if you have a better yeah. margin, you know, that, that, that then, can be different. Then, but then you could turn it over a lot faster. So, so yeah. right now, you know, my bottom line on a million and a half is, yeah, on paper, I've made, you know, three or $400,000 profit mm -hmm. um, off of Amazon. But I haven't put that much in my pocket. And I've actually got loans. I've had to go out, you know, that wasn't enough. But So I've, I've had to use creative financing. And some of that's, you know, you can go to friends and family and whoever, use your own money, use credit cards. Um but then in some cases, like last Christmas, this product that was selling hot, um, I needed more fast, and nobody's going to give me you know, 50 or 100 grand really quick. Exactly. So I, I had to go out to one of these, MC, what's called MCA, Merchant Cash Advance people, where they yep. charge you through the freaking nose. Uh, for, you know, you, they'll give you 50 grand, but you've got to pay back 75 grand in 70 days uh, with daily yep. deposits. So I just built that into the cost of goods sold. So yep. you have to look at everything on this, but so... Yeah. yeah, it's a cash intensive business. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of podcasts I've listened to do not touch on on this subject on on the capital, the amount of money required. And I've seen like I've had people on the show who said they started they started almost from nothing and no one really wants to reveal, you know, how much they've put into their business. So I just wanted to touch base on that. Okay, so prior to this call, we we're talking about it's great timing. We're we're talking about this new rule from Amazon, which talks about the fact that we can no longer provide incentivized um, reviews. What are your thoughts on it? Is from and, and this I, I want to kind of I like you to paint two pictures: one from like entrepreneurs with capital, serious entrepreneurs with capital, looking to make something serious out of a product business with Amazon as a springboard potentially and with those of us who are already in Amazon what 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 is the next step from your perspective 
Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of people in all the Facebook groups and everything, you know, saying the sky is falling, you know, it's time to move on, they're pissed off at Amazon, whatever. But I'm applauding this move. I love it. Um, because it's going to create a, bit, a bigger barrier to entry for the new people and the Me Too's. And it's going to force people to actually have decent products. There's been a lot of people that have been entering the Amazon field, and they're opportunists. There's two types of people in Amazon. There's opportunists who are after the next shiny object, and they're they're the ones buying these $5,000 courses and, and hoping that they can make, you know, retire in three months and quit their day job and go sail around the Caribbean and, and make money while they're doing it. Um, those are the people that it's going to kick a lot of those people out because it's the shortcuts are being cut uh, from from making it on Amazon. The people that got in in 2012, 2013, 2014 doing the private label, a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, they fell into it and they were the right place, right time, and they, they bought the right lottery ticket. And some of those guys are, are if you take away that product, they wouldn't know what to do right now. Uh, they're not business people. Then you have the people that are real entrepreneurs that are trying to build a real business, a real brand, and are using Amazon as a launching pad. And there is no better place in the world than Amazon to use as a launching pad to get the feedback, to fine-tune your product, to get some initial sales, to get some initial customers that you can then create Facebook audiences on and all that kind of stuff. So the, the real entrepreneurs are, are loving this. Um, and so, like myself, um, and I think it's a good thing. I think it's a really, really good thing. Now, have I used reviews? Yeah, I've used these review groups in the past, um, sometimes with success, sometimes without. But So because I've been selling on Amazon for over a year and a half I've, and five brands, I already have a good customer list on all these brands. So I have ways to take those and create custom audiences on Facebook to, to get their demographic information. See, and sometimes you'll get surprised. You think it's all, you know, it's 50% men. I, I have a dog product. You know, I thought it was mostly guys buying this product. I uploaded, I downloaded all my data from Amazon uh, and uploaded it into Facebook to create custom audiences. I discovered that 85% of my buyers were women. And they're, you know over 40 years old so I'm like holy cow my pictures and the way I've wrote my Amazon listing is not aimed at those people mm. uh, they've been buying so I need to readjust everything on Amazon to really target that audience so you can do a lot of stuff like that and then I'm also gone out to Amazon I just signed I just started literally yesterday on walmart.com I mean I got approved and my products oh. just went live on walmart.com which actually it has a big barrier to entry too. They're not just you can't just go sign up like you can on on Amazon. They they screen you. They look at your seller feedback. They look at your product lines on Amazon. They look at a lot of stuff. And then okay. to input input stuff in their system right now is not easy. You have to use only can use data feeds, and so it's a little more technical. So it's, do, do they have an a, FBA program, Walmart.com, or do you need no? To they do not. Yourself as a merchant fulfilled. Yep. You have to fulfill yourself um, right now. Now they probably will introduce one because they desperately want to compete with Amazon. They have to be. You know, they've got. So yeah, so I think that's going to improve, but they're being very selective on who they yeah. take now. And well, then I, you know, I saw an eBay and of, of Walmart here in the UK called Tesco. Um, uh -huh. They're ubiquitous. They're, they're, they're everywhere, right? Um, and. Tesco's have a have a similar sort of program, and yeah, it's it's quite difficult to 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 to, to, to get in as a as a merchant. Sorry, please please carry on. So, so yeah, so then I'm also on eBay. You know, I have my own e-commerce sites. Those don't contribute right now a whole lot of sales, but I do get you know they add you know 
between three and ten grand a month to the bottom line. You know, it's free, easy money. There are people that find me that way. There are people that want to use their PayPal account. They don't like Amazon for whatever reason. Um, so I've done some of that, and I'm going to be ramping that up a lot more um, and just diversifying because it makes me nervous to have all my eggs in one basket with Amazon. I mean, yeah. But they, you can't ignore them either because they here in the U.S. at least they're 60 to 70 percent of all e-commerce sales for physical products are on Amazon, um, and the U.K. and Germany are similar. And some of the other I'm I'm branch, branching out into Canada right now, Amazon Canada, yeah. and then I'm coming to. I've already set up my bat and everything, and my import stuff for the U.K. and Germany. Those are the next two, and so by putting getting to those other markets, you can pretty much you know come close to doubling your sales if you do it right just just on the Amazon platform alone so I'm projecting you know next year I might hit four to five million you know once I'm fully launched in all these different marketplaces through various yeah. channels exactly that, that that is the way to go you touched up on, on a lot of things in terms of like your reaction to to the changes on Amazon one was great products and the other is Facebook as in getting audiences or your audience via Facebook. Now, let's talk about great products. How do you, what's your your philosophy on 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 building out great products? And um, and now with with these changes where they're going to be less me too products and on on Amazon. Um, how 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 should entrepreneurs really build out you know really good products? Where, where, what's the foundation? Well, that's. Well, that's the thing that's happened is a lot of these, these people that have taken these courses and stuff, they've been taught to all sorts of the kind, same kind of thing. Small, light, fits in a shoebox, doesn't weigh much, doesn't cost too much, can fly over, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, there's a ton of Me Too products, and they're not differentiating the products at all. And a lot of them are inflating their sales by, by using these review services to get what I call fake reviews. Mm. I mean, you and I know it. I mean, when you're giving away your product for free or for a dollar or two dollars, those reviews aren't real, and you can tell it by reading most of them. Most of them are garbage reviews. Take it, take some of the reviews that you've done from giveaways, and compare them. Now, if it's a top 1,000 review on Amazon, you know that you might get a good review, but the vast majority suck. And then look, compare those to ones that were written by customers that paid full price, and you'll notice a huge difference in your reviews. Um, and so I think that's good, but. The Me Too products, are, you can fake your way and have shitty products and, and still sell by giving them away and getting inflated reviews. Now the game has changed where you're going to have to have a really good product. And a good product, you don't have to beg for reviews. You don't have to do giveaways. Um, you, I've never been one that you need a thousand reviews. There's people that teach, oh, look and see how much you know, you're picking a product. How many reviews does your, do your competitors have? Oh, there's five of them that have a thousand reviews. You shouldn't enter that market. Uh, no, that's not true. If the market size is big enough, you know, the sales justify it. You can enter that market and take a piece. Your product will speak for itself. I mean, I have a product right now. I did some reviews in the be or giveaways in the beginning, you know, like 25 or 30. And it, because that product is good, if people are passionate about your product and they love your product and you create a brand around it, they're going to want to talk about it. They're, I mean, I've got people now that are doing testimonial videos for me. Um, that some of my customers and they love to do it. They're doing them for free. I, I sent out an email to them and said, "Hey, I'm looking for some testimonials," and they're like, "Oh, we'll do it. You know, we love your product." They'll they'll do anything. So you got to create good products, provide good customer service. You got to you got to underpromise and overdeliver. And if you do that, it, it that's not the shortcut way to success. That's the long term way to success. So that five years from now you're selling your company or, or you are selling around the, on that boat around the Caribbean it's not going to happen tomorrow and so that's what people need to focus on is is 
developing those products and there's a lot of opportunities people say well the gold rush on amazon is over yeah the gold rush is over for garlic presses and silicon barbecue gloves and face masks and that kind of stuff but there's there's a ton of opportunity out there especially even outside the u.s that hasn't been exploited yet and if you're developing new products find something where there's good demand I mean, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, find something where there's good demand and there's not enough people serving that demand or a product that's selling well, but there's a lot of negative complaints on it. Look through the reviews and see what you can improve or what you can change. That's the first thing I do when I'm looking at a new product is I go and see the top three to five comp sellers and I read their reviews. I, I, if they got 300 of them, I scroll through every page making notes. Now, not only does it help me write my own review because I see what people are saying and how to how to market it, I see patterns. And I do that the same on my current products. On so my current products, every couple months, I will go through and read all my reviews. Even the ones I read six months ago, I'll reread them again because the customers can describe your product better than you can. They're the ones using it. You, you think you know your product, you're, it's your little baby, but other people can tell you what, you think your baby's cute, but other people will say, no, that's a damn ugly baby. And so <clears throat> you got to go and, and, and I take out of those product reviews and I I see what they're saying and I take their language. Sometimes the way they write it, they say it a lot better than I could. I'll go change my bullet points or my description or whatever based on what they say and it gives me a lift. So it's it this is not a hour or two a day business. This is a I work 18 16 18 hours a day sometimes on most days. So would um, you would you are you do you think you're going to go back or go down the route of actually developing product you know how you, you you had a mold for a product and you you know you spent eight grand you know on on a mold you know do, do you think that's a direction of um developing you know really good products you know perhaps like 50 percent of the time to what are your thoughts on you know that detail you know where so one thing i just picked up from what you just said was listening to your customers both from a product development standpoint and also from from a copy standpoint you know knowing how to sort of structure your copy to to to, to sound very customer centric so from that perspective how do you think um how do you think yeah how, how do you think production or product development is is going to evolve with, with these changes well, I think there's there product development is important. I mean, I don't have a problem with hijackers because nobody has that mold. I mean, nobody. I mean, my Chinese factory may be selling out the back door, you know, somewhere in China that I don't know, but I don't have problems with hijackers. And, and the product is truly different. Does it take a little bit more time and take a little bit more money and a little bit more creativity? Yes. It's not a go on Jungle Scout, find a product, find go on Alibaba, find some sellers send over your stupid logo that you had done for $5 on Fiverr that sucks and put it in a poly bag and sell it. Those days are going to be behind us. Um, there's still opportunity there. I mean, the other thing is you don't need a home run. Everybody thinks you, they pay attention to BSR. I don't care what my BSR is. I really don't. I, and people, they use these tracking services to see how their competitors are ranking. I don't care what my competitors are doing. I'm focused on me. How can I make my product the best, serve my customers, and deliver? And so a lot, most of my products are in the BSR of, you know, I think my top one is 4,000. I have a lot, 4 to 10,000, 15,000, and that's a nice area to be because you're not a big target. And so 
and you can de develop new products. And I think that's a big thing that needs to happen, and more people need to do it because I think that's where the opportunity is. But at the same time, there's more risk. I mean, you got to spend time on money on a mold, and what if it doesn't sell? And, you know, you can't go buy a hundred of them off of Alibaba and test it. Uh, and see if there's, a, you know, you're going to have to do your homework and look at the numbers and look at the opportunity. So it, it takes more work, and that's real entrepreneurship. And and that's what's I think it needs to shift more to, and I think you'll start seeing a little bit more of that on on, on these platforms. And, and I, I suppose that there'll also be, a, well, a consolidation of what lots of people are doing in Kickstarter and crowdfunding with Amazon because a lot of innovation is happening on Kickstarter now. And what better place to launch your product post per you know post campaign than Amazon, um, you know after you've seen some success on Kickstarter? They're already doing it anyway. But do you think you know another way entrepreneurs can mitigate their risk? Although you still need a prototype to to launch on Kickstarter, you're not going to show them images and and sketches, are you? You still you still. Well, yeah, Indiegogo lets you to show sketches, and so Indiegogo is a little more lax, but Kickstarter, you have to have real photos of the real product, so you're going to have to spend money doing the prototyping, getting it up to, I mean, I just did it. I just did a Kickstarter project. It was going to be a second generation of one of my current projects, and I I spent about 20 grand, you know, having the initial uh, prototypes made, getting the pictures made, doing some Facebook advertising and all that kind of stuff, and at the end of the day, it didn't fund on Kickstarter. It didn't make it. Um, and however, so, however, you could take your learnings from there and still try Amazon. Yeah, I could, uh, but I decided to not do that product. Wow! Because I, I so I decided to scrap it and just move on. I, the demand was not there because my goal on is, yeah, I might have been able to sell some on Amazon, but I want to be, I want to have products that are beyond Amazon. And if I can't sell it outside of Amazon, um, it's not wise for me to spend, you know, a bunch more money throwing at it if if it's a very tight little niche that's a small niche so um yeah but there is a lot of innovation going on kickstarter and even amazon has a little in the u.s at least they have a uh, some sort of integration now with kickstarter labs i forget the exact name of it where they actually will start selling your stuff and i've seen you know guys that have done kickstarter campaigns and launched you know here's a good example a product i looked at private labeling and i met the guys at a trade show at asd trade show it's a beauty product. They did a Kickstarter campaign about a year ago and raised, I don't know, 40, 50 grand to get it done, to make it. And now it's just sitting on Amazon languishing. It's not selling. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they're selling like five a month or something. So they don't necessarily go hand in hand. It's two different types of buyers. Just like in the old direct mail business, when you're trying to get subscriptions to a, a printed magazine, we had here these types of buyers called a service called Publishers Clearinghouse. Um, it's a big marketing company where they would give away a million bucks at someone's door, but their whole premise was selling magazine subscriptions. And those customers that, that entered, you know, they would they had their mailing list that you could rent to send your own offers to, but you had to send a specific type of offer to those customers. It's not the same as if you've got a, another magazine's mailing list and send an offer to them. It's the same thing with Kickstarter and Amazon. you got very distinct markets. I mean, eBay buyers are completely different than Amazon buyers. Um, and so, so are Kickstarter buyers. So there is some crossover. There, there's no doubt. Uh, but uh, and it, if you can get it to to fund on Kickstarter and get the money, you know, to develop it and get it, and you're not losing money, uh, and then take it to Amazon and get some additional sales, that's great. Um, but yeah, um, there's always going to be innovation. There's always there's going to be some new platform. 
coming up. I mean, the latest big trend in the crowdfunding is crowdfunding inventory. I mean, there's sites popping up right now, and even in the Amazon space that specialize in crowdfunding uh, inventory. Uh, instead of having to go to a bank or something, individual people can put in a hundred bucks to up to five grand and help you get your inventory, and then you give them a return. You don't actually give them the product. Links or any platforms to 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 to, to the crowdfunding inventory site here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've participated in a couple of them. I, I try almost everything out there, um, but yeah, there's there's one called Kick Further and there's one called Bonolo um, that are both good for for that. I mean, and they they bet you. You know, you got you can't be a new seller just starting out saying, hey, I need ten grand. You know, I want to launch my my barbecue glove. I mean, but if you if you're already on Amazon and you've got a good track record and a good seller rating and stuff, um, then those can be good places to go. Uh, um, but there's a whole other college interest. There's hundreds of them out there that do these specialized loans. Um, you know, DealStruck out of San Diego specializes in Amazon lines of credit um, for big vendors and stuff. But like you said at the beginning, nobody ever talks about, they always talk about the fun stuff. They never talk about behind the scenes, behind the scenes uh, of what you got to do to keep this engine, business exactly the, exactly the engine and the fuel that it takes to, if, exactly. if you really want to grow it now if, if you just want to make some side money and you can keep your regular job and and you want some vacation money or some college education money for your kids you know you can do a small time and make good money i mean to be honest if you do it that way if you if you do that approach there's no better investment out there really uh, than amazon because you can take i think i saw someone do this uh recently on a podcast uh where they, they demonstrated that if you take ten thousand invest ten thousand dollars in Amazon in a product, you don't take a dime of it out, and you're able to turn that that inventory four times a year. So you're basically having to do reorders four times a year. Every you can turn that, yeah, you can turn that ten grand in like three years into two hundred and something thousand dollars if you do it capital. right. So yeah, if you just, so there are if you and I'm seeing more people that are treating this business not as a as an investment. And I think you're going to see more of that happen down the way here where people are going to start treating it more and as an investment. You I, I think you can see a poor ground of working capital. You can then sell the business with the working capital on the side and you know mm -hmm. have a, a significant lump sum of of cash. Right. But the key on selling the business is a lot of people aren't going to buy your Amazon business. Some suckers will, uh, but most people aren't going to come in and buy an Amazon business. They want to—that's too much, too many eggs in one basket. They want a well-rounded. So if your goal is to get into this and build a brand and sell it, you've got to do something off of Amazon. Use Amazon as your launch pad. It may contribute most of your money in the beginning, yeah. but you've got to develop stuff off of that so that if Amazon crashed down. Uh, or Amazon kicked you off, or 20 other people started knocking you off on Amazon, you're still okay. okay. And people will invest in that business. They will buy that business. But yep. you're not going to find too many people that will buy an Amazon-only business. An Amazon-only business, yeah. yeah. Any savvy business person would, 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 would see it's too risky. Okay, let's, let's move on to the second point you made, which is about you finding your Facebook audiences. And I was like... so. Obviously, you need two things to get to build out a, a Facebook audience. One of two things. One is either the email address where you upload it to Facebook and you start to see the audience, you know, demographics, or you're driving them to a website and you're just tracking their visits and um, you're saving every single visitor to that website in your audience. What are you doing? I do both. I mean, the first thing you should do right now, if you have your own website, uh, even if it's just sitting there and 
you need to go put a pixel on it. Go sign up for Facebook and put, get the pixel code. It's a little bit of HTML that you stick in the header uh, of your pages. And do even if you have no idea what the hell you're going to do with it, do that right now. Don't you stop? Pause the podcast. Go do that, and then come back and listen to the rest uh, because that's the most. You, you need to know who those customers are, and that's there's no better way. The future is in retargeting. The future of marketing right now is in, in Facebook and other places that are doing the retargeting. And so Facebook, I've looked at Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all the different marketing platforms, and I tried to learn a little bit about each, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time with any of these others. There are people that are successful with Pinterest or successful with Instagram, but I'm like, look, Facebook is where the people are. It's where the data is, and I've been in direct marketing for 25 years, and to be honest, it blows my mind what you can do on Facebook, Facebook how, how much you can target people and what you can do. Now, you can't just go in and start running ads on Facebook and think you're going to start making money. You're going to lose your ass. I mean, there are ways you got to do it, and you got to target it properly, but to do that, Amazon is a great, to answer your question, Amazon is a great launching pad to do that. And so you can X, there's software out there uh, like Hello Profit and Managed by Stats and there's several others, Celix, and that will actually download your data from Amazon. So you can, I do it every month. I, I download all my orders from Amazon. It breaks it out by who ordered which product and so forth. And then I create Facebook audiences with that. So I will import those into Facebook. and. Um, you well, don't Amazon have the email. You, sorry, sorry, but Amazon doesn't give you email addresses. How do you? No, there's three ways you can do it on Facebook. The three easiest ways to create an audience on Facebook. One is by phone number, and so Amazon. Up, I haven't checked my last file at the end of this month, but someone told me they quit giving phone numbers because people were Amazon sellers were were calling and and spamming people on the phone trying to get reviews right. and stuff. But so Amazon was, I have to double check it still if they're still doing it, providing phone numbers. And so I would go into those phone numbers and you have to do some massaging because at least here in the States, they don't always put the, the country code in, in the beginning. So I would have to massage the data a little bit and put the one or if it's the UK, oh, well. put the 44 or, or whatever. Then I import that into a Facebook audience um, and, and it'll hit us about a 50 to 70% match rate. And then I, I use a service like Managed by Stats and they have what's called reverse append. And what you do is you send, send them these orders, and they use the, the people's street address. Um, and there's big data companies here that have these massive databases. If you ever enter in a giveaway or you ever enter, bought something on from a catalog or whatever, they, they pool this data, and they match you up. And so I can get about 40 to 45% of my customers' real email addresses by doing this. It costs me about 10 cents a name. Um, and get it back in like two days. So then I import those real email addresses of about 40 to 50% of the list into into Facebook. So that get, gets my number up a little bit higher. It matches a few people who had a different phone number or, or whatever. And then you can also import the actual first name, last name, um, address, and zip code, I think, are four of the fields you can import into Facebook too. Okay. Um, so you import those, and that gets you a little bit more people. So at the end of the day, if you got a thousand customers on Amazon, you might be able to match 700 to 800 of them on Facebook. Fantastic. And so then what you do, I do it, take it a step further. I, did, I have those audiences by brand. I have them by product. So within a brand, so there's a separate audience. And then multi-buyers, like on my dog treats that I have. I want to know who's over and over. That's the real good customers because mm -hmm. they keep buying them over and over. So I have another audience of multi-buyers. And you can use your data from that you download to do all that. And then you create what's called... Do you incentivize them with like offers on Facebook to yeah I, to your, to your yeah, Amazon listing or to your website? What what would you do? 
Um, well, right now I'm, I am sending them to Amazon uh, when I incentivize them with offers because I'm trying to grow the Amazon site. I mean, yeah. you could send so it to your own website, um, and you might make a little extra money there, you know, because you don't have to give Amazon all the fees. But I, I'm, I'm of the thought that I'd rather send them right now to Amazon until I'm consistently ranked, you know, number three on page one for my keywords. It's I need that little boost. velocity at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's boosting your sales velocity. Amazon gives you a little bit of love. I have noticed when I quit a Facebook ad um, a, f a few days to a week later, I might drop a couple spots in the rankings. And as soon as I... Even if my sales stay the same, and as soon as I start sending traffic again, I, I go up a couple more spots. So there's something in some sort of juice in their algorithm that gives you some sort of little love for sending outside traffic. Um, so, so I do that, and then I create lookalike audiences. You can take your audience of, of you know, the more you have, the better. But then you create what's called a lookalike audience, and those people that matches all their demographics, their buying patterns, and those are like out of the U.S. A one percent lookalike audience is like two million people. So you can take your thousand people and say, create, tell me, find me two million more people like these thousand, and they'll use all their sophisticated algorithms to say, okay, here's two million more people that are very similar in all kinds of traits and demographics and, and buying patterns and likes and whatever to your people, and then you use those two million and you refine those down based on several other filters to get maybe half a million of them that are prime customers for your product. And then you do certain things the way, I can't tell you everything because we teach this in Illuminati Mastermind, uh, but you do certain things the way, yeah. Because this is all ninja stuff, really. <laughs> and then you teach, you do certain ways to advertise on Facebook where you can, I can advertise and reach people for half a penny a piece. And I can get clicks to Amazon for five to 10 cents a piece. And there's ways to track it without using affiliate codes or without, uh, doing things. There's there's a whole series of things you can do, and I get six to on some products. You know, between a six and ten to fifteen percent conversion rate on the clicks over to Amazon. So in one way, that's that's a pretty good. You know, it's profitable. Uh, it's it's just like spending money in sponsored ads. But the thing I like about Facebook is it's push versus pull on on Amazon or Google keywords you have to pull the people in they have to come and find you exactly so if, exactly. if, if I know if I know you like dogs I have to wait for you to decide hey I want a new dog bowl type let me go out. to exactly. type it in Google type it in and and Amazon and then I got however many other people I'm competing with to try to make my dog bowl stand out and there's nothing wrong with that it's a great thing but on Facebook I can say, hey, I know you like dogs. Do you know what? I got this kick-ass dog bowl that you should check out. And you're not looking for a dog bowl right now, but I put up a customer testimonial or I put up a good ad or I do whatever, and you see it and you're like, you know what? That is pretty damn cool. I'm going to go check this out on Amazon. And the other reason to send them to Amazon, especially this is cold traffic that don't know you from Adam. You're not Perina or one of these big dog brands. You know, They, they don't know... Your, you know, your name's Tom. Tom's Dog Store. They don't know who Tom's Dog Store is. So, if you send them to your own website, some of these people are like, "Eh, I don't know." But if they go, if they convert to Amazon, on Amazon, they already got their credit card in there. They know who Amazon. They trust it. Most people don't understand how Amazon works like we do. We know we're FBA and we third-party sellers and this and that. Most people they go on Amazon and they're like, "It's Amazon." You know, I trust them. So you're playing off, you're piggybacking off of that credibility that Amazon spent billions 
to build. So that's another reason I sent it there. But it can work very well, and there's lots of ways to test. And you don't got to spend a lot of money. You can spend a hundred bucks testing several different ads, see which picture works best, which copy works best. And I even do that for some of my Amazon stuff. I mean, I will run ads. If I can't decide what my main picture is going to be, I mean, there's software like Splitly and several that do this now and then run these split tests out there on your Amazon listings. But you can do it on Facebook faster and easier. Okay. You can go and you can actually see, um, run 10 different, pic 10, 10 different pictures you're considering for your main page. And even if you're not trying to make sales, even if you're like, I don't care if you know these make sales, use it for market research and see which of those 10 pictures gets the most clicks, right. is in the highest conversion, and that's the picture you need to move over onto Amazon. So there's all kinds of stuff you can do um, with it. And, I mean, eventually, some of those, so some of that traffic I'll redirect you know, to other places. Um, uh, and it's easy to switch it. I mean, I set them all up. I send them through a redirect. So I can pixel them. They don't. They go. I don't use. There's a lot of people that use these squeeze pages. Where like, ah, if I'm going to go from Facebook, I'm going to send them to the you offer them a squeeze coupon page, squeeze, squeeze offer page them a coupon, get their email address, then send them to Amazon. And the theory behind most of those people is one, they want the email address, which most of those people, if you're giving them a heavy discount, 50%, 80%, that email address, it goes back to what I said earlier about the publisher's clearinghouse example. Those aren't your customers. Uh, the people paying, and if you're giving a 10 or 20% discount, those are good. But it's a barrier. It's an extra step. They got to stop. They got to enter their name and email address. They got to wait for the email to come back. Then go to Amazon. You're you're killing all the impulse. And so I'm like, screw that. I'll, I send them straight. And I mean, people are like, oh, that's the, gonna, the that's going to kill my conversion rates. That's yeah. going to kill my conversion rate. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a your overall conversion rate is not very important on Amazon. People always say, "Oh, I'm looking the back. I got five percent or twenty percent. That's great, but it's ba it's relative. So I can have a, a product that has a five percent, a three percent conversion rate overall, and on Amazon, you know, everybody else in my category has a ten percent. Right. But on the prime keywords I'm going after, I'm on page one, and because I convert on those keywords at thirty percent. Amazon doesn't give you this data, um, but I'm on page one. Why is that? Because I convert on those keywords. They don't care about your overall so much as they do about what is relative to me um, and, and the, the, the customer that's searching. And so I don't worry about that conversion right there. And some of those people, if you send them through an affiliate link, or then you might make money. You know, they, they buy some underwear or they buy a book or they buy something else, and you make money off of that too. Which so there's and that can help cover the cost of your advertising. There's all kinds of things you can do. I could go into this in a lot of detail, but I can't tell you everything. But yes, there's a know. lot of opportunity. <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity <laughs> out there that you just got to think outside the box and don't just follow the. Don't get in line behind the drummer boy that's telling you this, this is what you got to do. You, I mean, you got to be a real entrepreneur and think. An experiment. And it's all about experimentation. Experiment. I mean, I've lost probably 50. I mean, the way I look at it, we talked about money earlier. I haven't made a dime. I mean, I've done a million and a half plus on Amazon. And we said, you know, it's about a $300,000 profit, but I haven't made any money. Um, I'm actually negative right now, you know, when you count in what I've invested in stuff. But the way I've looked at it is this first year, year and a half, is all for learning. And the, few, and the next year, year and a half, is all for earning. So I'm looking at it as an investment. I'm learning, earning. I listen to every, every, every podcast I can. I listen, I'm on freaking webinars five times a day. You know, because sometimes it's the same old bullshit over and over and over. But occasionally, I was on one yesterday. It's like, oh, my God, I can't hear this again. But the one guy, that he said one little nugget of thing. I'm like, you know what? That's actually 
pretty cool. So I took that nugget. So it was worth my time of having that in the background, you know, while I'm doing some other work to get that one little nugget. So, and I've, I've experimented, like you said, I've tried different kinds of ads, different kinds of things, different images, different, doing all kinds of things. And to see what works and what doesn't. So I'm not a put my listing up and forget it. I mean, I've changed my listings. You know, one I've had the, my first listing I put up you know, in October, uh, August of last year. Yeah. I've probably changed that listing 300 times. You know, Amazon probably looking at, God damn, this guy's changing the thing all the time. Because I'm constantly trying to fine tune it and figure out what works. And now I've gotten to the point where I kind of know. So going forward, new products, I'm like, okay, I need to do this. That doesn't mean I'll set it and forget it. I'll still... Things are always evolving and changing. You know, right. the algorithm changes. New software comes out that might give you an edge on, on something, you know, on misspellings or whatever it may be. So you go and mark some modifications. But <clears throat> this is a real business, and it takes real work to develop it. Some people have bought a winning lottery ticket, and they've made it, you know, they're not doing anything, and they get right place at the right time. But those days are pretty much gone. Pretty and now if, yeah. if you're a real entrepreneur... And you want to grow something, there's no better place. Yeah. Kevin, I'm going to invite you again to the show or we're going to do something, perhaps a webinar, a show. We, we need to get deeper into this Facebook thing. But prior to that, um, let's do the lightning round. The lightning. I don't set any questions for my interviews, but I have a set of like evergreen questions I ask over the lightning round. And um, I just want you to take just a sentence just answer them with a sentence if you if you will um so i'm going to start out with about five six questions are you ready to go sure all right uh, i hope so. i hope so <laughs> what are your future plans uh, my future plans are i'm getting married next year and so i'm working my ass off right now right. to get everything lined up so that i can spend time with my lovely new bride and not have to work 16 18 hours a day fantastic Okay, I know you have no employees, but you certainly hire freelancers. So how do you hire people? Um, I use for my freelance stuff is off Upwork. So I my designers and, and any kind of stuff like that. I use Upwork primarily. I'm about to hire a VA uh, using probably online uh, VA or online PH or whatever it's called um, to help do some of my social media stuff and yeah. some of my research. Um, and... That's, I mean, I look for good people that yeah. are motivated and like doing what they do. No, it's phenomenal what you've been able to do with just VAs, you know, 1.5 million, you know, in, in revenue. Well, I have no, VA, I have no VAs right now. No, it's no all VAs, me. exactly. No, no staff. Fantastic. Okay. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? For managing my business, my Amazon business specifically, Hello Profit would be number one. Yeah. Um, good. That's, that would be number one. Uh, Number two tool would be some, I mean, as far as the research tools, some of the keyword tools, um, there's several of them out there. I use about six of them and pull all the data together. So those would be uh, very important tools. Uh, and the third tool uh, would be, uh, what would the third tool be? Um, third tool would be using my head and thinking logically um, What's and not getting, not, not getting too emotionally tied in any one product. It, mm. it, it's a business. It's what tool did you talk about with regards to exporting Facebook? Um, like, sorry, um, not not email addresses, phone numbers from Amazon. Was it Hello Profits you said, or Hello Pro Hello Profit does it, and so does Managed by Stats. Those are two of the bigger ones. Okay. There's also several others, but those are two okay. of the bigger ones. Okay, what's been your best mistake to date? By that I mean your the setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Um, the setback that's given me the biggest feedback um, in, uh, in business, you mean, since in I've business. been in business? Yes. 
Um, probably declaring bankruptcy in 1998. Well, how, how do you, uh, well, well, it must have been tough, yeah. I had a business that was going well, and uh, we we didn't uh, pay pay what we owed to the government, so we were using that money as cash flow to grow, and yeah. that caught up to me. And so digging myself out of that um, took a little while, um, and that that that's, you know, I did fine and grew another multi-million dollar business, but that that was always there in my past. That's gone now, off my record and everything, but yeah. that, that teaches you a lot. Feedback, good feedback, awesome. What's your one piece of advice you give you can give to Amazoners or you know actually physical product business entrepreneurs to two x and three x and even ten x in their businesses? Think like the customer. Mm. Don't think like yourself. Think put yourself in the shoes of the customer and look at everything through their glasses and their eyes, not through your eyes. Not and and be willing be willing to take a loss for a long term gain. So very, 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 very good point. You're, you're a very wise man, sir. Okay, and um, any single book or resource you could recommend to help growing a business? Um, there's several that I've used in the past. Um, I, you know, guerrilla marketing is a good good one if you're looking for ideas and tactics. You know, Jay, Jay Levinson, I think is his name, has done a series of them. Some of those will get you thinking outside the box and not just following the crowd. Um, I don't like to follow the crowd i like to think for myself uh that's a good one i mean copywriting like herschel gordon lewis uh direct sales letters or something is really good for like copywriting uh, i'm not one of these big read books you know foo-foo books to you know be enlightened or whatever like a lot of people are so i can't really recommend any uh, of those how to find your inner peace and exploit your friends or whatever the hell they are <laughs> but, so I'm more of a nuts and bolts scientific type of guy rather than I am a uh, happy feely everybody hug each other type of guy you roll your sleeves up <laughs> it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show Kevin um, I appreciate but before it. you go um, you have a mastermind program not for newbies but for Amazon entrepreneurs looking to well, not not necessarily just Amazon pro physical product entrepreneurs looking to move to the next level. Could you expand more about it and give us more details? And I'll also add links to the show notes. Yeah, we're launched. It's not launched yet. I'm partners with a couple other guys on it, but we've noticed that there's a void in the market. There's a lot of people out there teaching how to start on Amazon specifically, um, or teaching click funnels, or teaching Facebook advertising, or teaching free plus shipping, or whatever you know the hottest new trend is. But there's nobody really bringing it all together. And so we're going to be bringing a lot of these different disciplines together to show you how you can. Tr you know, it's multiple X your business by combining different disciplines and showing you different tech techniques. And there's a lot of people that are on Amazon. I mean, it's going to focus more towards the Amazon seller who's already started. He's doing five or she's doing five, 10, 20 grand a month. It's like, how do I go to the next level? Okay, I'm doing what the I'm supposed to do, but how do I take this to the next level? Or what are some of these methods like what we talked about in this interview of how can I implement these? What are the specific steps? You know, I've talked generalities, but give me some examples. Show me, you know, exactly what's working. So we're going to be teaching a lot of that. And it, there is an NDA required. There is a vetting process. So it's not, you just can't sign up and pay your money. Uh, you do get a phone call and we do check and make sure you don't, you actually are selling. Uh, but that's launched. It's called Illuminati Mastermind. And that's launching uh, at the, in early November. Um, so if you go to IlluminatiMastermind.com, you'll be able to uh, check it out. Um, Illuminati Mastermind. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Fantastic. I will share it on the show notes. And yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure again having you on the show, Kevin. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Glad to oh, be here cheers. and hope I helped your audience. Bye. Ta-ta. <laughs>